1: Edmonton was high on my list. Uh, and they got a lot of skill up front, and I think they have a great future ahead. I still don't have a Stanley Cup, so I think joining this team is pretty exciting uh, when I look at the potential that the lineup has. My decision was uh, pretty easy, obviously, with those high-caliber players they have on their roster, and just being in the hockey city uh, made my decision really easy. This is Ryan Eason Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This, this, this is Kim This Cam Talbot. This is from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Brought to you by Digital. Digitex, office equipment solutions North America-wide?
2: Yeah, Digitex does that.
1: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob offer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. And we don't.
0: Everybody, Bob Stafford joining you in the 630 Ted Studios, the city's south side. Hope you had a, uh, a painless commute this morning. I know the White Mud Freeway uh, heading uh, westbound uh, just prior to 111th Street. There were some significant accidents uh, taking place during the course of the morning there. This is Orders Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. You can buy your PCs from Digitex. Keep it all under one roof with one number to call and one simple invoice for all of your office technologies. That was born to be wild, of course, Steppenwolf. And I did not know this, that on this day back in 1993, drummer Jerry Edmonton, he did change his last name to Edmonton, by the way. Jerry Edmonton uh, ended up passing away in a uh, car accident. Wow. I don't know how many times I've seen people try to sing that song in karaoke. Apparently, Jack Michaels is an unbelievable karaoke singer, though none of us have actually personally witnessed But uh, this. I know he was specifically uh, mentioning the fact that uh, he has the best uh, voice of, of all the guys in town on last night's broadcast. Or maybe it was just the best voice of the guys in the actual broadcast booth. Though it should be noted, uh, and Brendan Escott is here with us, do you know who won George Laroque's, uh karaoke co- George used to, when he was in town, and he still was playing uh, for I think at this time for Pittsburgh or Montreal in the summer, when he would train at Body by Bennett, he'd have like the Body by Bennett staff over on like a Friday night, uh, and we, he his thing was karaoke. He loved doing karaoke, and he was truly awful. Like he could not sing a lick. Uh, he tried to do like the uh, the Vanilla Ice version of Ice Ice Baby. It was.
3: You know he's got a pretty thick Quebec accent.
0: Too, yeah, it was even... it was tough to pull off, yeah. right? Like it, it was it was a harsh out. So, yours truly, uh, there was a fellow by the name of James Stewart that used to work in this building. Very talented guy, and uh, he nailed a killer song one time and won once. And believe it or not, uh, well, you know Elton John. Some guys can sing Elton John. What can you say? Um, it happens, but. According to Jack, he's the guy. So, there we go. I, I'm waiting to see this. I think I might have... You know what we might have to do? We might have to have, like, a karaoke contest one night and see how Jack does. Because he certainly loves the mic. As we all do. It's part of the business. Coming up on this edition of Owners Now. Again, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitech's uh, Rematch. Uh, a... A recap of last night's one nothing Oilers victory over the Dallas Stars. Hey, it's a win. That's all that matters. Ken Hitchcock now 2-1-1 as head coach. A guy who uh, probably would be the first, I don't know, maybe Ken Sing. We'll talk to Craig Simpson from Hockey Night in Canada. He joins us every Wednesday in Oilers now at 1235. Um, are we going 105 or 115 today with uh, Lorna? Uh, In the 1 o'clock hour, Lorna Schultz-Nicholson, she's got a signing that's going to take place tonight. Grit and glory celebrating 40 years of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Oilers alumni, including uh, Kevin Lowe and Jason Stradwick. uh, We'll be at an event at Audrey Books at uh, one uh, 107.02 Jasper Avenue. And I have bought my son Hudson numerous books over the years at that very uh, location. And we'll get an update from the farm with Bakersfield, Bakersfield Condors head coach, Jay Woodcroft, uh, at 135 today. You can reach us on our Oilers Now hotline, 780-496-0063, brought to you by the River Creek Resort Casino, 5440. At the River Cree on December 29th. Tickets at ticketmaster.ca. Uh, you can text us at 630, 630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Think all dealerships are the same. Think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms. No pressure at Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. We're on Twitter. You can tweet me at Bob underscore Stoffer, tweet Brendan at Brendan Escott, and tweet the show at orders now. Well, what a game we had last night. And uh, I'm judging by a little fun that I had. It was uh, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but following last night's victory, I, I tweeted out after the game, did the uh, Oilers just win 2 nothing in overtime? And judging by the, uh, what do I call it, the engagement level at that tweet, uh, people were uh, having some fun with that. But let's get right to our Oilers now audio vault for Direct Workwear. For product knowledge, compliance, great pricing, and innovation, directworkwear.com, an Edmonton-based company, the Dulcetones. tones of Edmonton's best karaoke singer, Jack Michaels, up
1: next. The first of three meetings this year between the Oilers and the Dallas Stars, and Connor McDavid is able to win the faceoff. Ryan Nugent, shot for the point, deflected off the post. Rebound, Cassian, net empty, and a diving save, I believe, made by Hoot be able to shield his man off the puck. Less than a minute to go in the period. McDavid takes it behind the net. Centers deflected. Quick shot redirected. Save made by Hudobin. Garrison a giveaway. Three shot off the rush. Save made on Como by Koskinen. Both goaltenders playing well tonight. Looking for the wraparound. Centers bend. Shoots. Save. Koskinen rebound at the horn. Sagan can't bank it in. And the puck left at center ice. Drysaddle ahead for McDavid. Breakaway. Back denied. Rebound. Swept off the goal line. After review, it was determined the puck did not completely cross the goal line. Oh, my goodness. So we're halfway through overtime. 2.20 to play now. Drysaddle breaks free. He's got clefbaum. Feeds him. Clefbaum shoots and scores. There it is. Now it's over. Oscar Kleppbaum's first goal of the year is the winner in Overtime!
0: That was a great call. He had two great calls, only one counted. It happens. Um, all right, let's get to the no-goal call. Why would anybody... Uh, you know, it was funny, as that was happening, Brendan, I don't know... If, were you already downstairs at that stage? Yeah, we were all huddled around you guys, the little TV. Okay, so, so here's the deal. So Jack's like on the replay. That's the goal. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It doesn't mean it's going to count because that's how it works. The whole setup is wrong, right? Because you're asking Toronto to basically upstage an official's on-ice call. So unless they're 1,000% sure, because last night, surely, they had to be 99.9% sure, unless they're 1,000% sure that it's a goal and the refs Didn't get the right call. They're not going to upstage the officials. That's how this thing works. And then the other part of it, what did Brian Burke say on this show about five weeks ago about good teams? Good teams get more calls. So you have a team like Anaheim, consistent playoff team for a number of years, and you have Ryan Kessler with his paw interfering with Cam Talbot, and you're asking Toronto to correct the officials for making the wrong call. And should have been called goaltender interference. And yeah, Edmonton blew a three nothing lead in that game. And still, the Oilers had three or four critical calls during the course of that series go against them in a series that they lost three one goal games. Right? Good teams get more calls. For those, we have lots of listeners that are over the age of forty five that listen to Oilers now. You know this. You experienced it firsthand when the Oilers came into the NHL. They played Philadelphia in nineteen eighty. The Flyers got lots of calls. When the Oilers played the Islanders in 81 and again in 83, the Islanders, good team, got lots of calls. Edmonton had a younger team. They didn't get as many calls. Veteran teams get veteran calls. By the time Edmonton played Boston in 1980, you could even argue against Philadelphia in 87. But by the time they played Boston in 88, 90, guess which team was getting lots of calls? The good team, Edmonton. The Randy Champs, they got some more calls. People say, well, wait a sec here. Dallas is no more proven than Edmonton. Well, let have some younger guys. So uh, they're not going to correct. They are not going to correct the officials unless they're 100% sure the official's wrong. The process, this thing is, it's flawed. Because I'm not sure they're really in search of making the right call. Text me what you think at 6.30, 6.30. Because to me, and I know Robin Brownlee actually tweeted out, why is the referee behind the goal making the call instead of at the side of the goal in that situation? But my experience is officials, this generation, this era of officials, they are right 98.5% of the time. Now... Do they call enough penalties against Connor McDade? People say, well, he draws the second-most penalties in the league next to Keith, or Matthew Kachuk. No, he doesn't, because you have to factor in minutes played. And he doesn't receive the benefit that he should, based on how good he is. And because I don't believe there's any malicious intent at all from the officials, all I can think of is, well, we can't call a penalty on the opposition all the time when he's on the ice, even though he's being hooked. or It's quick little hooks that get called for other players. Right. In other words, you just have to be patient and suck it up. But that play last night should have been called a goal. And it wasn't, which is why I had the fun saying, hey, the orders won 2-0 in overtime. Nonetheless, the orders get the victory. Uh, Ken Hitchcock had this to say following the game. The orders head coach now 2-1-1 since taking over on the explanation he got for the
2: disallowed goal. Uh, they said they had a view that showed that the puck had still stopped There was still some paint left. We're not watching the same TV, but what are you gonna do? You know, we just looked at it again when we went back into the office and it looks like there was white showing and looks like it was in. So but they said they've got a view that's a better angle and that it's there's paint showing.
0: The officials have played. They're not a factor a significant factor in the plight of the Edmonton Oilers the one thing i would say is there probably should be more penalties called against Connor McDavid i think we can agree on that but at critical times in time the Oilers will get more calls cuz that's how this baby works you got nhl executives admitting to it so you know but my guess is there's i actually had a guy last year send me a whole rundown on orders video review over the course of the last three or four years and Edmonton had lost like 14 straight video reviews. And the conspiracy theorists Oliver Stone would have been happy last night. But last night, there was something that kind of stunk. What did you think? Did you think it was in? You done eating over there?
3: Yeah, we were uh, we're looking at it on literally about a nine inch monitor down there, and everybody, Principe and Tony Brar, and everybody is standing around saying that puck's across the line, and we can see it on this screen. So how in Toronto, where you've got a room full of screens and different angles, you can't see that's across the line? Beyond me, beyond well, us. They had an extra camera. You heard you heard what Hitch said. They had an extra angle on the goal. Do you buy that, or or no. is that no? What I, no think,
0: what I think is they don't like upstaging their officials unless they're 1,000% sure instead of 99.9% sure. All right. Uh, Ken Hitchcock following the game had this to say on the importance of winning in the West and how you win in the Western Conference.
2: I've coached most of my life in the West. The one thing I've learned coaching in the West is that you've got to get points when you're tired. And you can't... The one thing we, we knew... We knew when we didn't get the lead in the first period, we were going to be in a little bit of trouble because our energy was lacking uh, at times, and we, we had to still get points, and so we, we grounded down. I, I, I just think you've got you to get points in the West when you're 80%, and that means you've got to grind, and that's what we did tonight.
0: All right, more uh, from Hitchcock, who of course won in his first game coaching the Oilers in Edmonton. He was asked, well, Ken, you're 2-1-1. One, and one. How do you th- feel through the first four games?
2: Well, the one week feels like five years. Four game, I said four games, it feels like I've coached my 100. And because every game's being tied going in the third, I would say the thing I'm proudest of is y- to win, you've got to get on the grind in this conference. And we're on, we got on the grind right away and and some days you have energy some days you're at home, we're going to have better energy against Los Angeles, because the guys get a day off tomorrow, we're going to come this was a tough game, because of the travel, but I like the fact that we're on the grind right now, and we're going to get points, if we keep having that attitude we're going to get points in a lot of night
0: uh, One of the reasons why the orders got a, the victory last night Miko Koskinen, what a story this has become, uh, and there has been criticism directed Peter Shirelli's way for a number of things. I, for a second, do not believe. I mean, Shirelli ultimately pulled the trigger on the deal for Griffin Reinhardt, but I believe that there were some other influences on that one. Uh, regarding the Taylor Hall trade, again, that's an organizational trade, and it was an organizational signing to bring in Miko Koskinen. You know, and the Oilers can thank Gary Curry to a certain extent as well. But right now, according to Hitchcock, goaltending is a strength for this hockey team.
2: Well, I think the goaltending is our strength. Both guys. I think that's the strength of the team. I mean, we obviously have a couple of world-class players, but to me, the goaltending is the strength of the team. You know, if, if if one guy's going and the other guy's backing up, we're more than comfortable with both, but I think that's the strength of the team is both guys. I mean, Talbot was incredible in Los Angeles and held us in there at the start, and we're getting we're getting good performances every night from both guys since I've been here anyways, and I think that's going to be the strength of the team.
0: One of the guys that's much discussed around town. I thought he had a pretty good game with a lot of jump. He had that big engine going. Yes, Paul Yarvey. Here's Ken Hitchcock.
2: He is what he is. You know, I think there's a lot of things you like off the rush, um, but there's things that young players. We're going to have to teach him patience when the puck is stopped. And that's why I, when I said to people, I want that responsibility, you don't do that and you don't get to teach that in the American Hockey League because it's a different game for rangy players like him. But any time he was good, he got he was on the move. Any time he got in trouble was when the puck was stopped and he wanted to get on the move again. So we have to take we have to teach him patience and stopping and winning that fight and staying in the moment is important and, and not trying to get on the move right away. So when we can get that out of him, those are things we can practice every day post-practice. He's going to go to another level, but to me, he's fine right now. I, I like I I the ranginess and I like the way he, he gets wide speed on people. He's dangerous. All right, that's Ken
0: Hitchcock. Here's Miko Koskinen again. Uh, what's he now? Is he five? He's six-two and one as the Oilers' uh, netminder uh, on finding the groove in net. Uh, of course, it helps when you get like few starts in a row. It Makes everything like a little bit more easier. You you start playing in your instincts and stuff like that. So, but you know, it doesn't matter. You have to be ready for everything whenever the coach says it's your turn. You have to be ready. You know what, he's worked hard, and uh, he's made stops, and he's made stops at critical junctures. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins says uh, Koskinen has helped steady the team.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, every I think every game he's played, uh, we've felt that steadiness, and he's just uh, he's solid back there. He
0: makes big saves when we need him to, and uh, we get a lot of confidence from him. And according to Oscar Kleffbaum, uh, I mean, Koskinen helped get the Oilers to overtime, obviously, with that great save after blown coverage. Uh, and by the way, on that play, uh, Nugent Hopkins up the right side to pull Yarvey. Paul Yarvey's going to find a way to tip it and get it deep. Instead, back came uh, Dallas, and the others were darn lucky that uh, Dallas didn't bury him with two and a half seconds left. But when it gets to overtime, Edmonton's, they're not bad. They're 5-2 and two in overtime this year. Here's Oscar Kleffbaum on OT being an advantage.
3: We have that confidence going into the overtime. We know we have almost a mental advantage going into three on three, uh, and obviously Miko played a hell of a game tonight. Dallas is not an easy, easy team to play against, and it's very nice to get two points tonight.
0: All right, uh, not surprisingly, we've got hundreds of texts that have come in on our Heartland Four text line at 6.30. thirty, six thirty. We'll get to some of those, uh, but when we come back in orders now, we're going to go to NHL today for elite promotional marketing, more than just sportswear. Brendan Scott, when we return.
1: This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on 630
0: Chet. All right, it's 12:27 in Edmonton. As promised, let's get to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. More than just sportswear, Drew Shamahorn and his staff at Elite, they'll take care of you. Here's Brendan Escott.
3: Thanks, Bob. Just five games in the NHL tonight. The Leafs playing host to the San Jose Sharks. The Flames get those same Dallas Stars down in Calgary tonight. Elsewhere, Detroit welcomes St. Louis, Florida and Anaheim, Colorado plays Pittsburgh. Now, Austin Matthews will return tonight for the Maple Leafs. He has been sidelined since taking that hit from Jacob Truba back on October 27th, shoulder injury keeping him out of the lineup. And the Leafs made another move today, acquiring former first-round pick Morgan Klimchuk from Calgary in exchange for fellow AHLer Andrew Nielsen. Philadelphia Flyers had a very busy morning. They fired assistant GM Chris Pryor and assistant coach Gord Murphy as they continue to clean house there. They also placed uh, goaltender Calvin Pickard on waivers. Bruins forward, rather, Kevin Miller will be sidelined for at least the next five weeks after taking a puck in the throat that damaged his larynx. But some good news as uh, forward Ryan Donato recalled from the Providence Bruins. Bakersfield Condors host the Ontario Reign tomorrow at 10.30 in the morning. It is their field trip game for the school kids. Remember, they beat Ontario 4-2 last Friday on the road. And finally, the Edmonton Oil Kings host the number one team in the CHL tonight, the 24-1 and Prince Albert Raiders, 7 o'clock puck drop, Bob. All right.
0: Uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Very quickly, this tweet comes in. And says in 2015, Bob Anders Nielsen had a stretch from November 18th until December 11th, where he started 11 out of 12 games. He was 7-3 and 1 during that stretch with a 9.25 save percentage. He played 11 more games with Edmonton after that, went 0-6 and 1 with an 8.36 save percentage. Yep, he did. And I'm here to tell you that Miko Koskinen uh, has. Uh, let's just say that on Anders Nielsen's challenges at that time were as much off ice as they were on ice okay not necessarily self-induced so read between the lines he was going through something that was difficult and it sunk his game and talbot got the game uh, the net back i think that uh Koskinen has a higher ceiling than Anders Nielsen, and I think he will prove it uh, in time. All right, off to a global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back from NHL Hockey and Rogers, regular Wednesday contributor to Oilers Now, Craig Simpson.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
3: For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does.